0: Welcome to Ad Chatter, the podcast from adpulp.com where we gather around the virtual water cooler and talk about ads and the ad business. Hello again, friends and colleagues. This is David Byrne in Austin, Texas. In another episode of Ad Chatter, we have Dan Goldgeier, our co-host in Seattle. Dan, I understand you were recently in Georgia during the election. That must have been interesting.
1: Yeah, you know, I flew in uh, briefly to visit my parents, and uh, the TV ads for the election this past Tuesday were off the hook. I mean, just inundated. And you could drive, and you would see video billboards and signs everywhere and TV ads on the local news. It was it was a crazy election. Of course, that's been overtaken by a lot of events of the this week, but um, a very, very big uh, spotlight on Georgia.
0: Absolutely. And, um, you know, Warnock for Georgia, the, the the kid out of the Savannah Projects, the first African-American to go to the Senate, from the great state of georgia and then capital riots the next day which (laughs) we'll get into in a second but before we do i understand that the ads were everywhere and they were crazy let's play one for our listeners just to get a sense of warnock's incredible sensibility
1: some things don't make any sense 38 states across america
0: have expanded medicaid but not georgia even though it would cost us next to nothing and provide health care coverage to half a million Georgians, including those with pre-existing conditions. That means as rural hospitals across Georgia are closing, we're paying to keep hospitals open in other states. I'm Raphael Warnock, and in the Senate, I will fight to expand affordable health care. That's why I approve this message. Really focused on the solutions that Georgians need instead of all the noise
1: yeah, and that was you know one of many, 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 many ads that were ran. And, and of course, as we all know in advertising, it's not, uh, not every political ad. It comes directly from the candidates. Some come from political action committees. Some come from third-party groups. And uh, so this one's more positive, more issue-focused. It certainly wasn't the only one that uh, was put out during this election. So hopefully uh, he'll take a positive attitude uh, into the Senate and continue working
0: it's very interesting the new south the old south the old south gasping for air trying to rise again the the new south which atlanta of course is you know highly representative of and the old south right because african americans largely made this happen
1: yes absolutely and and from what i heard my friends who are down there Uh, A lot of door knocking, a lot of uh, old school um, press the flesh kind of politics, getting people, uh, especially African-Americans, to sign up and register to vote and get out the vote. Uh, Stacey Abrams, who had run for governor a couple of years ago and then dedicated herself to uh, registering new voters and getting um, voting rights protected, certainly played uh, the key role in uh, making this happen.
0: Stacey Abrams, American hero. Uh, very interesting, Dan. Dan is from Georgia, in case, in case listeners didn't know. and You want to weigh in on that? You no, I, I, mean, I well,
1: you know, I grew up there. Uh, I do remember a time when Democrats were elected to uh, the Senate. Guys like Sam Nunn, guys like Weish Fowler. And so, you know, these guys were more what you would call the blue dog Democrats, a little more conservative than than today's variety. But uh, it's interesting to see the state go from D to R and now become a purple state. Uh, Things have uh, uh, come back again. So, you know, we'll see what happens in 2022 and 2024. Reverend Warnock has to run again in two years because this was a, a, a replacement seat. Uh, in the Senate. So he's going to have to get back and campaign again, very shortly.
0: It was just a couple years ago where Georgia was being banned. Um, You wouldn't make a movie there. You wouldn't travel there. You wouldn't have a conference there. And look how fast that turned around. Interesting times. Um, Let's shift on to the next topic for this ad chatter. And let's shift coast, move over to los angeles and what's happening over there is uh grinding halt to production which includes films and commercials and sag aftra is urging everyone to stay home because los angeles i'm not sure how this happened but it became the epicenter one of the greatest epicenters of the pandemic and so this is a, a real problem for our industry and and um, the entertainment industry.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the situation in L.A. right now, as we're recording this, it's pretty dire. Um, a lot of hospitals are just at over capacity, and new cases are surging. Uh, as far as you know, one of the things we we tend to overlook is that when we think about Hollywood, we think about movie stars and folks who make millions and millions of dollars, but most of the people who work in TV and film production don't make that kind of money. Even the members of SAG and after the actors, they, you know, the average actor in those you know, barely gets by. Um, you know, there are, there's a whole level of superstars, but people who work on movie sets don't make a lot of money. And so it's a huge industry that's grinding to a halt once again, and that hurts a lot of working people.
0: It hurts in so many ways, and I'm reading on Variety, the article about it, and it says in here that the current testing positivity rate stands at 18.4% in Los Angeles. That, that, that's just
1: 20%. It's insane. It's insane. And so the advertising industry, again, has to, uh, as we still are mostly working from home, has to find ways to... Uh, either delay productions or adapt productions to, uh, you know, institute things, things that are a little more manageable. And of course, it's a it's a big deal for the folks who are working on the longer form movies and shows.
0: Crazy days. Uh, Let's shift on to our next topic uh, and we'll cover a few topics that relate to the riots at the Capitol. And we'll look at this through, um, you know, the larger lens, but also through our lens, our industry lens. What does it mean for brands? Uh, What does it mean for advertisers? And right away, when something like this happens, it means let's stop spending money in media channels where these horrible images and news stories run. Uh, Brands don't want to be advertising next to that type of content um, that is so unbelievably out of control. So a bunch of brands have you know stopped spending. So there again, out of the hundred things that are wrong with this story, um, business grinds to a halt.
1: Right, and this is a double-edged sword because if you pause spending on mainstream news sites, you really cut off access to good journalism and uh the revenue pipeline that a lot of them need you know if you were watching television on wednesday like i was you know cnn did not take a lot of commercial breaks but uh you know pretty much the hallmark channel was doing the hallmark channel thing i mean it just it you know there there's a whole level of uh, media where life goes on as normal but when news breaks on news sites and news channels advertisers want to pump the brakes but again, they're punishing uh, folks who are working hard to bring you the facts.
0: That is such an incredibly great point, And I thank you for that. Uh, speaking of folks bringing us the facts, the big story, really big story in the New York Times and all over the place. I'd love to read this lead out of the New York Times from this morning, Kevin Roos's article it was yesterday morning, in the end, Two billionaires from California did what legions of politicians, prosecutors, and power brokers had tried and failed to do for years. They pulled the plug on President Trump. Um, this is Twitter and Facebook. It took away his microphone, Dan, at last after all of this pain.
1: Well, there's a lot of issues uh, related to this, and I've seen some of my friends Uh, on Facebook debate whether this is uh, censorship and uh, an infringement on free speech. And we all know that Twitter and Facebook are private companies and they can do what they want. I had a friend of mine uh, post, well, who gets to decide what hate speech is? If you go onto Facebook's terms and services, they very much define what they believe hate speech is. And so they're well within their rights to ban uh, any kind of content that they want. Now, if people decide that, that's, that Twitter and Facebook are where they're going to get their news from, well, that's their problem. It's not what, Facebook What took Twitter
0: them problem. so incredibly long, Dan?
1: Well, it's obviously the fact that they get more eyeballs. Because, you know, we know that the algorithms on Facebook feed people more of what they want to see. And if it's Trump that they want to see, then they'll get more right wing content. If they don't like Trump, then they, get, get, they get a certain amount of left wing content, all of which is fueled by advertising, both on Twitter and Facebook. You know, this is if President Trump wants to, you know, make his voice heard, he can call a press conference. He doesn't like to do that, but he can. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't need to be on Twitter. He doesn't need to be on Facebook. You and I don't need to be on Twitter or Facebook. And we mm-hmm. certainly can't get on there and incite riots.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you're making great points again. Uh, the business community, the ad the ad business, we're complicit.
1: Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And that is just part of the industry that we've chosen. We fuel Uh, the media in this country. We provide advertising dollars that support the media in this country and support platforms like Twitter and Facebook.
0: Indeed we do, and we need to speak about it honestly and come up with much better solutions for our clients and for ourselves. Um, Let's transition. Uh, This is a good segue Earlier this week on Adpulp, I wrote about Richard Edelman, the CEO of Edelman, one of the top PR firms in the country. And he had a call to action that he put out this week uh, where he's encouraging business leaders to speak and to act. Um, Specifically, I'll, I'll read some of this. Today, the country must come first. CEOs along with all in positions of leadership must be the bulk work of trust at the present moment. Therefore, they have the responsibility to speak up for the common good, to reject violence and hate peddled by those seeking to advance their own self-interest. And there's much more there, uh, but this is a call going across uh, American business sectors from the big guys to, to the mom and pop shops, which which gets into what do we say to our team? Uh, people are distracted. People are scared. People don't know what to do. And in the meantime, <laughs> back to the question of where do brands and businesses fit into all this? And what what the answer from Edelman and others is, is wh- what do you mean? Where do we fit into it? we're driving this, let's fix it.
1: Absolutely. You know, I wrote a column on Talent Zoo a few years ago, and I made this point. Brands are, at their core, corporations, or they are subsets of corporations. And so for decades, corporations have, and their brands, have funded politicians of all kinds, on the left and on the right. They have lobbied for uh, favors, whether it's more more or less regulations, more or less tax breaks, more or less government contracts. And so businesses are completely, and brands, completely complicit in where we have gotten to now. I read this morning that Marriott uh, and a few other corporations are now uh, going to reduce or eliminate the political donations that they've made to the politicians that were in uh, encouraging the uh, or opposing the certification of this election on Wednesday, which led to all these riots. And that's that's a start. I mean, that's too little too late. You know, Good the for Marriott.
0: That, um, friends of Mitt Romney, by the way.
1: Yeah, and that's fine. You know, this has been going on for decades. You know, the money that brands funnel to politicians have fueled all of this hate, all of this ire, all of this uh, gridlock that we find in Washington, D.C., and so the question becomes, if brands truly want to take a stand, what are they going to do about it now? What are they going to do about it in 2022? What are they going to do about it in 2024? And who are they going to support?
0: Indeed. Uh, I like when you get uh, worked up, Dan. Um, <laughs> and, you know, for our listeners, you might be thinking, well, what does this have to do with me? I, I do I do what I can. Um, so one of those brands uh, would be AT&T. I, I am an AT&T customer, I have an iPhone and I have AT&T service. Uh, John Stanky, the CEO came out with a really strong statement. And again, there's much more uh, that you can look up on um, Adpulp later when we post this. Uh, but he says, we applaud all those who stood strong to thwart an appalling insurrection bent on blocking the peaceful transfer of power following a free and fair election freedom, democracy, and the rule of law are America's bedrock and must never be usurped. And he goes on. Um, So it's not like they're pulling any punches.
1: No, but you also have to look at who they've donated to in the past and organizations like Comcast, which I am a customer of and uh, any, you know, any, you can go down the list of any major corporation. They've all do this and they've all given to to organizations and politicians on the left and on the right to get the favors that they need to uh, increase their profits and get their agendas across. And we are, so we, you know, even uh, people who will work in advertising agencies or marketing firms or PR firms, or even customers, we're all part of this uh, system. And the question becomes, are we going to change the system now? I don't know that we are. I don't know that there's enough, uh, enough will in corporate America to do that.
0: Great question. Talk is cheap. Actions are all. And what's missing in business and in government and in media is accountability. It's missing in education. It's missing in our relationships. It's missing. I don't get it.
1: You know, like I said, this is this has been decades in the making. You know, what we saw this week has been a product of just decades of a lack of um, investment and emphasis on civics and good government and responsibility and ethics and um, a whole host of other issues.
0: Exactly. And, you know, businesses can lead. Um, Dick's earlier this year took took guns out of their store last year. Um, Those are real actions. That's not, that's not just words. That's we're going to change this.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And there, yes. And there are companies that are doing things um, piecemeal and bit by bit to change what they can. And so when we talk about brands taking a stand, uh, that encompasses a lot of different uh, actions uh, and statements and it is up to all of us to hold them accountable mm-hmm. I,
0: I I firmly believe brands belong in the middle of all this they, they brands reflect and absorb culture. That's what that's the business we're in.
1: Yeah and you know I'll uh, work on the opposite side of this, Uh, spectrum, on Tuesday night, the night before uh, everything that happened at the Capitol, the pizza chain, Pizza Inn, that's Pizza-I-N-N, which is a chain that's based in the South, uh, put out a statement that said they are taking a bold stance for election reform. And their bold stance on election reform was the entire uh, list of policies that Republican lawmakers wanted to see, in other words, eliminating mail-in ballots, a uh, voter ID at the polls uh, and a 10-day pause on the certification of this past election. And that was their uh, notion of taking a stand. So when we say that brands uh, should take a stand, they may take a stand that is not popular or they may take a stand that many people disagree with or one that is not considered to be woke. And that is uh, a part of this debate.
0: That does complicate it considerably. Um, Let's end today's discussion on what moves people to buy. So we've been in this business for (laughs) a while. A long time. (laughs) A long time. And and so I think, you know, we develop an instinct about it. Um, There's some recent data that came out from um, a company, a research company, Allocadia. And... I want to point to one piece of it that that um, really sort of highlights the problem. So, So it says, as marketers think about why people act on some ads and the kind of emotional experience more likely to cause brand engagement and purchase, positive emotions reigned supreme. Americans cited inspiration, joy, hope, And love as triggers for them to engage or to buy. People are decidedly not likely to engage or buy if an ad incites sadness, fear, anger, or annoyance. Uh, Now, that's common sense talk right there.
1: Yeah, and I would say that that's generally true. You know, you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar, but we know that fear has sold a lot of things security systems, guns. all, you know, insurance, uh, all sorts of different types of um, products. So, you know, I, I don't know that what people respond to uh, in a survey necessarily reflects, um, you know, what they buy. But we do know that, you know, lighthearted sales approaches, entertainment approaches, things that uh, are uniting tend to be more liked. And if that means more purchases, then so much the better.
0: And in this dark time... On media, brands can cut through all that crap with um, not some Pollyanna story uh, that is totally ridiculous or out of context, but something that's in context, but yet more joyful or lighthearted because it is needed.
1: Yes. And we are one month away from the Super Bowl, and I am very curious to see what the tone and and, and attitude is of all the spots that we're going to see. Um, with everything going on in the world right now,
0: speaking of which, I'm sorry that your Seahawks did not prevail.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll get them next year
0: (laughs) and the bears
1: are playing today. Well, good for them.
0: (laughs) Go bears,
1: the bears, the bears,
0: the bears. We'll leave it on dub bears this week. Thank you for listening. Our friends and colleagues in the ad business, the media business, the marketing industries, We appreciate your attention. Uh, We appreciate you telling your friends about this podcast. And we'd be more than happy to hear from you. Uh, uh, Welcome your ideas. If you'd like to be a guest, let us know. Dan, last word to you.
1: Well, everybody, uh, have have a good, safe week. Uh, keep those masks on, uh, keep your social distancing. You know, we still have a very, very, very uh, serious pandemic out there with everything else that's happening right now. So stay safe and be well.
0: Engineered by Dan Goldgeier in Seattle, Washington.